Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ, people. Today, I want to talk about obeying the gospel. Amen. Because if we reject Jesus, we will burn in the lake of fire. So let me say it like this. Reject Jesus and you will burn in the lake of fire. So here we go laying down the facts again. Because there is eternal consequences when we do not obey the gospel. Yup, we are jumping right into it today, folks. So I want to get in today with more clarification of what it means to obey the gospel. Because some time ago, I did a teaching on this. And as I always pray and ask God for wisdom and clarity, well, he has given me more clarity on what it means to obey the gospel and what and what it means that if you do not obey this gospel, Amen. And so before we get started, let us pray because we are going to start off with the truth. Amen. So, Father, my heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Father, may your name be great in this earth. Father, I repent of my sins. I repent for any time that I have not gotten the understanding, the true understanding on your word. And so, Father, with everything, teach us today. Teach us how to be holy. May we, may we constantly do self-examination where our faith is concerned and where our actions is concerned. Because, Father, we don't want to do anything that displeases you. And may we always look to the scriptures 
on how to live this life. Father, we know that we cannot go the way of the sinner. We know that we cannot go down their paths. And these people who have not responded to your gospel, they are facing the final judgment, eternal separation from you. And Father, some of these people are our family. They are our extended family. And so, Father, help us to get clarity on where to draw the line. Because we know that we have no part with the sinner. Because we know how we were there and we got the big memo about that lake of fire. Help us to rightly draw a line, even though we love these people, even though we we have to deal with them on certain levels. But show us clearly that that line of demarcation cannot be crossed. We cannot go back to the old way of living. They may not be in Christ, but we are. So our intimate contact would have to be on a bare minimal because we understand that bad company corrupts good morals. So Father, help us with that today and help us to understand what it truly means to obey the gospel. And Father, I pray that today's lesson brings clarity to us all. And I ask for wisdom and discernment. Open our eyes to the truth. Let this flesh be crucified. For we have been crucified with Christ and we no longer live. This life we live in this body, Father, we must live it by faith in your Son, Jesus, who died for us, who lives on the inside of us. So may that be our goal each and every day, Father. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your forgiveness, Father. May today's teaching and lesson bring you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, people. So let's get into it today. Let's get into some sound doctrine. Amen. Amen. Because part, no, all of that prayer was for me. And I pray that it is for you as well, because we do have people that we that we care about. And we know that as much as we preach them the gospel, they say they ain't ready. They say that stop preaching it to me or they don't want to be hypocrites. They don't want to be still wanting to hold on to their sins and certain sins, they have made it abundantly clear they are not giving 
up. So sometimes we have to wonder, well, then what do we do with that? Do we just cut them all off? Because see, it's, it's so easy to cut off people that we don't care about. You're like, okay, well then fine. You don't want the gospel preached to you? Okay. But I know for all of us, the test comes into play because Jesus told us that we are not to love anybody more than we love him. And that, and that includes spouses, children, family, everybody across the board. And, and we also know that if we love him like we say we do, we shall obey him. And so we must, we must examine our lives. Where are we in the faith? Are we making provisions for the flesh? Are we saddling up with these sinners, even though that they are family? Are we saddling up with them? Are we on the low condoning their behavior? Are we laughing at their jokes? Yeah, we tell them to repent, but are we bonding in such a way that what we know what is right starts to make excuses and, you know, start peeling back from the excitation that we give to them. So we must, all of us must be mindful and tread lightly. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We must tread lightly and do not let ourselves be deceived. Don't let anyone deceive you because words Charming words, oh, they sound very soothing to this flesh, but we must stay sober-minded anyway. So, okay, now on to today's lesson. Like I said, the topic of today's podcast is reject Jesus and you will burn in the lake of fire. So let's lay down the facts of the case. Ye must be born again. Because Jesus said in John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Spirit for your love and your mercy. May we may we never strive against you. May we never grieve you. Teach us. Make us firm in all of the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So this is the truth. Our Father sent the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven to this sin-sick, dark, violating of a world to die for the sins of many. And this is what we preach to the sinner, to let them know that their state is in peril. Their eternal future is in grave danger if they don't repent and turn to God. So, 
We know that Jesus paid the penalty for our sins by willingly laying down his life as a sacrifice to appease the wrath of holy God. People sin against God continuously. We needed a savior. The sinners, they need a savior. They need the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, hallelujah, glory be to God, took the punishment that was rightly due to us because we racked up. We stacked up God's wrath against us because we did not want to stop sinning. We thought that let us let us get this out of our system first and then we come to Christ. We were deceiving ourselves because the more you are in sin, the more you will be in sin. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In and of ourselves, this flesh do not want to depart from sin. It does not want to be crucified. It does not want to know anything about God. It ain't looking for God. Romans 3.10 tells us that. Romans 3 tells us that there is no one, absolutely no one that is righteous. And that how no man is seeking God. So we can, as a sinner, we deceived ourselves to think that we come into Christ. First of all, we don't come to Christ. God draws us to Jesus. So, Jesus, Jesus shed blood on the cross was, it was sprinkled on the mercy seat of God in heaven and through his blood sacrifice, Jesus made atonement for our sins. He became the last lamb to be slain. Amen. And so he made atonement for our sins, reconciling us back to the Father. Listen, Christ Jesus gave us peace with God because we were God's enemies. We were enemies of the cross. Some may say, well, I wasn't against God. I didn't know. I was in I was in ignorance. I I was just living this life that this world told me to live, to live my best life ever. But guess what? If you were to die in that state, you will go to hell. So this is why this gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ being the Savior of the world is needed to be preached. So we know that with his blood being shed on the cross, we can have forgiveness of those sins. But 
you must repent of your sins and you must believe in Jesus and what he did for you. He on purpose laid down his life for you so that God's holy and righteous and just wrath will no longer be upon your life. Listen, you die in your sins, you will go to hell. Whether or not you believe that doesn't make it not so. Just because you don't believe in hell doesn't mean that hell does not exist. Oh, it exists. And the people that are in there will testify to the fact that it is a place of of fire, of flames being in torment. They know now it's too late, but they know now that God is real, Jesus is real, demons are real, and flames of fire in torment is torturous. So don't let it be too late for you, just like it was almost too late for us, Father. Help us today. Help us in our weaknesses Help us, Father, to be right and do right and think right. We need you. Help us to put away all sins. And Father, may those who are still lost, may they they hear the preaching of the message that God forgives sins and that he has chosen He has chosen a people unto himself to be a royal priesthood, to carry out his mission of the recovery of the loss. May your light hear today's message, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So the gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not that he wants you to be filthy rich. It is not so that you will never have the flu again. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not that you will ever have another problem in your life. That is a false gospel that false prosperity apostate preachers teach so that they can get rich off your back. That's why they preach that. That's why they write books about that so that they can get paid. And I don't care what backstory they have. Listen, we all have a backstory, but we are not milking and bilking God's people to tell that story and to give them a false narrative that Jesus died so that you can be prospered. Absolutely not. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It just stands to reason, folks. Do you really think that the Lord Jesus Christ suffered at the hands of those barbaric Roman soldiers just so that you can have a Learjet? Do you really think that he suffered that cat of nine tails where it tore and ripped and mutilated his flesh from his body? 
Do you really think that he went through all of that so you would never have a head cold? So that you would never be in poverty? So that every day of your life will be blessed, 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 and more blessed? Do you really think that he went through the time and trouble of stepping out of deity, coming down from heaven? Through the womb of a woman, do you think that he lowered himself to the state of a man to have to deal with people coming against him, lying on him, rejecting him, blaspheming him? Do you really think that he went through all of that? The Bible says in Isaiah 58 that Jesus looked unrecognizable as a human being. Once the Roman soldiers got done with him, his body, it was, it was bloodied. It was swollen. It was mangled. He was mutilated. His face, the Bible talks about his face. It says that that no man, and I'm paraphrasing this because y'all can go to Isaiah 52. It talks about how no man has ever been disfigured like this. No one has suffered such a beating of this nature and caliber. But Christ Jesus on your behalf he did it so that you don't go to hell as you await the final judgment he did all of that god made his beloved son to be sin god willingly poured out his wrath on jesus on the cross so that you don't go to hell and then off into the lake of fire. He did all of that for a purpose and a reason. What you mean you ain't ready to come to Christ yet? What are you waiting for? Because people, wake up. You are not going to live forever. You don't know the day of your appointment with death. You think that because you are healthy, wealthy, and wise, that you got all the time in the world. Tell it to that 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 twenty year old girl who all she wanted to do was shake her booty at the club and be and be a part of the it scene, and she got into a car crash. And that was the last thing she remembered before she opened up her eyes in torment. Don't tell her that she had all the time in the world. She was only 20 years old. Don't tell that banker who's 30 years old who thought because he had the corner office that he got his whole life to make senior partner. Forget about coming to Christ. It's all about the Benjamins for him, and he's in burning hell right now, wishing for another opportunity to repent. But just like that young girl, it is too late. You must come to Christ today. Today is the day of your salvation. Do not harden your hearts, people. Listen, 
You have to understand the price that Christ Jesus paid on your behalf. Listen, according to the scriptures, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And then he was buried. And on the third day, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God raised Jesus from the dead. We have absolutely no earthly idea about what took place in heaven when Jesus died on the cross. God caused the world to suffer a great earthquake. It turned dark. The graves cracked open. People walked out of the graves and were walking around. This was an event of all events. This is... This is not just some car salesman telling you, oh, come buy this car. It would change your life. This is nothing to sneeze at. This is nothing to shun. This is nothing to ignore. Because once we get into today's lesson, oh, oh, you're going to see the consequences of dumbing your nose down to this gospel. Mm -mm. It's not that you can hear the gospel, think about it and go, nope, I'm good. And then you get on with your life and then you die and then that'll be the end of that. No, no, there is consequences for denying and rejecting this gospel. So we know that on the third day he was raised from the dead and through his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus has set us free. He set us free from sin's power and control over our lives. Sin no longer has mastery over you. Listen, no one but Jesus could have done this. Jesus was sinless and perfect. No man since nor before Jesus can save you from your sins. Don't believe the Roman Catholic pagan church with their fathers in the booth that can forgive your sins. Absolutely not. Okay, because we're not going to talk about the scandals that go on down at the Roman Catholic pagan church. No man, and I don't care what vision he has had, he cannot save you from your sins. No man, I don't care what visions they have had, can preach you a gospel outside of this. Anything outside of the word of God is a false gospel. And Paul talks about let them be accursed. He says, I don't care even if an angel comes down and preach you Another gospel other than this, let them be accursed. Glory be to God. So we know that Jesus defeated sin because he lived a perfect and sinless life in total obedience to the Father. Amen. So we must believe this gospel. We must repent of our sins forsake them and never to return back to the vomit. Therefore, people, let's start the lesson.
We must obey this gospel. We must, we must ask God for forgiveness and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. To repent means we must now have a change of mind. It's not so much that you have remorse or although remorse is part of it because Judas had remorse. He threw those 30 pieces of silver back down at the Pharisees' feet, but he didn't repent to God for his sins. That's why he went out into that field and hung himself. Yeah, he was remorseful, but he was not, he was not repentant. So we can be sorry, we can cry buckets of tears, but where is the changing of the mind? You must change your mind where sin is concerned and where God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit is concerned. Listen, God hates sin. And that's the bottom line. We can justify it. We can sweeten it up. We can dummy it down. We can do all of that at the end of the day. God hates sin. God is holy. God is just and righteous. And he ain't playing with that lake of fire. Glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So therefore, therefore, we must hate sin just as much as God does. We must do a 180. A 180 degree turn and go back to God. We are headed in the wrong direction. We must turn this train around and go back to holiness. Go back to righteousness. Amen. In the name of Christ Jesus. For the sake of your souls, you must respond to this gospel. You can't shake it off. You can't ignore it. You can't deny it. You can't do anything but accept it. Otherwise, you will go to hell and that's the truth. So, based upon all of that, we must respond to Jesus' finished work at the cross with a resounding yes, Lord. And with total acceptance, receive him as Lord and Savior. Because guess what, folks? I say this on the podcast all the time. I say this on the podcast all the time without Jesus. There will be no salvation. There will be no reconciliation and there will be no eternal life. Everything hinges, hinges on whether or not you repent, believe that Jesus died for your sins and turn back to God. Amen. Because I believe the most important question, a human being could ever ask of God. And we see this in Acts 2.37. Now, when they heard this, heard what? This gospel, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Amen. 
In the next verse, Peter answers. And Peter said to them, repent. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because we know, okay, let's not get things twisted. Baptism which corresponds to this now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's First Peter 3.21. Amen. Because baptism is a work. And so some teach that baptism is a requirement for salvation, and it is not. Just like repenting is not a requirement for salvation, this is what we do in the salvation process. We repent, we believe by faith that Christ Jesus died for our sins, and then we get baptized. It is a, a water baptism, immersion in water is the symbolism of Christ dying and being buried and being resurrected again. Amen. And so, listen, folks, this is how you not obey the gospel. Because if you all had checked out that last teaching I did, I believe that I was honing in on the fact that we must stop sinning, right? If we believe that Jesus died for our sins, then we will stop sinning. And we and we obey the gospel because since he died for our sins, we forsake them and leave them alone, never to go back to it. And like I said, when when I pray, I ask for clarity and thank you, Holy Spirit, for the clarity because I was reading 2 Thessalonians 1 verses 8 through 10 in the Amplified Bible. Because you see, not to get off the beaten track here, but those who only only wants to stick to the King James Bible, which is fine. Look, listen, okay. Hey, if that's your Bible of choice, okay. I'm saying that there is benefit when you read other translations to milk the scriptures because for me, can't speak on no one else. I'm not a Bible scholar. I don't speak the Queen's language, the old ancient language, and um, and some of the words in the King James. It is hard to understand. Yes, we can look them up now. Yes, we have the concordances, and yes, we have all kinds of Bible tools that help us break it down. Amen. Nothing wrong with that. But for me. You all know how I'm partial to the New Living Translation because for me, it speaks my kind of language, if you will. And it has the Holy Spirit, not the version 
of this translation, but the Holy Spirit illuminates my, my mind when I read that version. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So I ain't kicking and screaming about the King James because I know the Christian community loves their King James, but the King James also have things in it that may not be hold completely true to the original manuscript. So anyway, that's not my lane. I in it and then I'm out. Okay. I am. That's not my lane. Jesus has given me my lane and that is repent. Otherwise you will go to hell. Okay. That's my lane. So anywho, I'm in the Amplified Bible reading this scripture again because that never left me about obeying the gospel because I now incorporate that into my repertoire, if you will, right? So I'm reading the Amplified version because this is where I first, not that I hadn't seen it before, but the initial clarification light came on and I said, oh, obeying the gospel because we know that we are to believe the gospel. We know that we are to preach the gospel. But for some reason that day when I heard, when I saw obey and I'm like, oh, that's something different. Do I not know? Have we not been obeying? So that just opened up a wonderful teaching. So now more clarification, the Amplified clarified it more for me about what it means to obey the gospel. So if you didn't already know, welcome to the club. So now we learn together. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Verse 8 of 2 Thessalonians 1 says, Dealing out full and complete vengeance to those who do not seek to know God and, and to those who ignore and refuse to obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. How? How do you not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, the Amplified just, it just showed it to me. It says, by choosing not to respond to him. And I said, oh, so that's what it means to not obey the gospel. That when you hear the gospel, you don't respond to it. You, you either you you are either not looking for it, so you're not putting yourself in a position to even hear the gospel. You are so far in your sins that the last thing you want to hear is about anything about a Bible, okay? Or when you do hear it, you choose to ignore the fact that you will die in your sins, how Jesus gave the command of repent, or you too shall likewise perish, and you just poo-poo that, or you don't even, uh, you just refuse. Be like, no, get it away from me. I hear you. Yeah, I understand. I will die in my sins. Got it. Got it. Good. Are you going to repent? No, you are refusing. That's what it means to not obey it. You are not heeding the command. So, Listen, verse 9, these people, what people, 
those who ignore and refuse to obey the gospel, those who do not seek to know God, those people. Verse 9 says, these people will pay the penalty. Not only will they pay the penalty because you didn't want Christ Jesus to pay the penalty for you. Oh, no, no, no. So therefore, you got to pay the penalty. And that is, and this is what we strive to convey to them. You don't want to pay for your own sins. Trust me, sir, ma'am. You do not want to pay for your own sins. So listen, well, this is the penalty, Miss Missy, since you want to ignore it. Since you want to refuse it, since you're not even trying to check for God about nothing, okay? Because all you're trying to check for is the club, Bob, the, the married man down at the job. You want to keep smoking your weed. You want to keep uh, sleeping around. You want to keep, uh, what else, lying and stealing and fussing and cutting up. You want to continue to be envious. You continue to want to be covetous. You're always angry. You're always mad. You're always bitter. So you want to keep on with that. You ain't confessing no sin. You ain't repenting. You don't believe nothing about Jesus and the Bible because as far as you is concerned that Oh, man wrote the Bible. So, you know, you, you know, you, you just can't trust the uh, all the different translations and yada, yada, yada about how man wrote the Bible. And you can't trust the Bible. Listen, folks, for the upteenth time, God chose holy, holy and righteous men to write down his wisdom in black and white. God did not pick any Joe Schmo off the street to write down his wisdom. Come on now, see, that's the problem. You don't know God. You are only going off what the other sinners have told you, what the satanic agenda of this world told you that God don't exist. You can't trust the Bible too many contradictions, too many men wrote the Bible, uh, Bible, everybody lies, everybody steals, you can't believe nothing. Okay, that's what you want to go with, but then guess what? Verse 9 says, these people, these people will pay the penalty and endure the punishment of what? Everlasting destruction banished from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Not only that, you are going to miss the most awesome sight to ever to behold by a human being. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ coming in all of his magnificent glory and power. It's going to be a beautiful thing. We are going to marvel at this. Listen, it says that how you're going to miss because you're going to be banished from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Verse 10, when he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day, that is, okay, to be glorified in his saints on that day, 
the the amplified stretches that out. It says that is glorified through the changed lives of those who have accepted him, who have accepted him as savior and have been set apart for his purpose. So when the saints see their Lord, my Jesus coming, oh, Glory be to God, the magnificent of it all. And look, it says, and when he comes, and to be marveled at among all who have believed. Listen, we are waiting with bated breath to see our Lord come in all in all of his glory and majesty and power. We can only imagine what, who was it, Peter, John, who was up there on the mountain, the transfigured, uh, transfiguration. I know it was Peter, John, somebody else. I know it was three of them. But anywho, they have been walking and talking with Jesus, right, in his regular body. But then when they saw him in his glorified body, Peter, he didn't know what to do. He wanted to build a booth around them because it was Jesus, Elijah, and Moses. And all of his magnificent. You know what it means to marvel? Hold on, because I had looked that up. Because see, I'm a bit of a, of a wordsmith myself. And so... I like to look up words. And so when something hits me, like to to marvel at, hold on, because we we need to really understand what it means. Come on, give it to me. Give it to me. Okay. It means to like to to be to be filled with surprise and wonder and uh and to be astonished. Like we're looking at something like we have never seen before. So I don't want no Marvel comic. You know what? My phone needs to get a whooping. Hold on. Because see, to Marvel at, to get over here with the meaning. Good gracious. Look, here we go. Right? It means to, to be amazed. To be filled with amazement. To be astonished. To be surprised. To be awed. To stand in awe. To be full of wonder. To stare at. <laughs> okay? We're going to be like, what? Look at this. And look, it says to, to gape. Okay? It means to not believe one's eyes. To be, to be dumbfounded. Okay, our mouths are going to be on the floor, okay, to admire, to to venerate, to appreciate, downright be flabbergasted. Glory be to God. So, yeah, when Jesus come, all of that is going to, to happen. So, to close out the scripture, it says that, and to be marveled at among all who have believed. Why? Because our testimony to you was believed and trusted and confirmed in your lives. So, if you respond to the gospel other, other than a resounding, yes, Lord, I repent of my sins, save me, I don't want to go to hell, and now have that reformation, that, that regeneration of your spirit where you are now living repentive lives, 
you are you are now living righteously and holy. No more going to the clubs. No more sleeping around. No more lying and stealing and cutting and fussing. None of that. It should be a dramatic before coming to Christ and after coming to Christ and going forward from that point on to walk in obedience to the Father as you are being led and swept away by the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father, for forgiving us of our sins. Help us where we fall short. Help us for those areas that we are are ignorant in, chastise us when we are being rebellious because we know that when you discipline us, it's because you love us. Sometimes it takes the big boulder, but prayfully, it only takes that small voice that says, no, you're going the wrong way. Watch it. Be mindful. Be very, very careful of what I told you. Bad company corrupts good morals. And don't forget about that Jeremiah 17, 9 to 10 heart. It is deceitful. It is deceitful above all things, above everything else. So this person can tell you all they want, that they are not evil, they are a good person, or they feel they have no ill, no Ill ma- uh, malice towards you. Watch it. Slippery slope. Be careful. Keep your eyes and your mind and your focus on Jesus as you deal with people in this world. Do not get them in your inner courts. Don't follow their ways. Don't follow their ways of thinking. Don't follow what they do. Don't imitate what they do. Limited contact. Don't let them in the inner circle. That is for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So now the context of all what I just said, because now that we got more clarity on the situation, because I know that God will continue to bring us light and more light as we study these scriptures out. Listen, today, this may be the bombshell clarity, but guess what? Who's to say next week? It will be even more clarity on this. This is why the word has been made flesh. This word is alive. I'm telling you, it talks to you. It talks to you. It, it breathes life. I'm telling you, the more that you are sincerely in this word and studying it and doing it, it comes to life. It is like a person, literally. Jesus, Jesus is literally talking to you through his word as you being moved by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so the context of all of that is that you see, it says, uh, 
Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 5 all the way through 12 refers to the Thessalonians trials as, as evidence that God is righteous and just. And Paul indicates that the, that the Thessalonians faith and endurance would prove their status as inheritors of God's kingdom. And further, Paul assures his readers that God will avenge those who trouble who trouble the Thessalonians, given given the persecuted ones relief. Amen. So when Jesus returns with his angels, he will inflict flame and fire on those who do not know God and on those who heard the gospel but rejected it. Their punishment will include eternal ruin and separation from God over there in the lake of fire, which the Bible calls the second death. Amen. And when Jesus returns, glory be to God, those who have believed in him will share in Jesus' glory and will marvel at him. Amen. Because once the rapture takes place and we we are now in heaven seeing him in all of his glory all of his magnificence and when the wedding of the lamb takes place and when we come back those those saints on the earth during the tribulation they will it's like marvel marvel at his coming glory be to god yeah holy spirit i heard that i saw or read or seen a clip of something about whether or not there will be tribulation saints on the earth because i believe they were alluding to the fact that i don't know if it was a comment over there on facebook aka my second job aka the lion's den about how it's not scriptural that saints that tribulation saints would be on the earth but anyway anyway that's another another teaching another lesson i'm still looking into but that just came to mind so anyway getting back to this right so this look into the future over here in Second Thessalonians chapter 1, right? It says that the look into the future was meant to help the Thessalonians continue to be steadfast under persecution and trouble. And that how Paul prays that God would enable his readers to live successfully and worthy of their calling. And so that's the context to that summary there and so we understand okay and this is in closing that retribution is dealt out because they did not obey god's command to believe okay because in Acts 17 verses 30 to 31 says truly these times of ignorance god overlooked but now, but now, commands. This is not an option. This is not a suggestion. 
this is not, oh, well, when you get through living your best life ever, can you repent? No. God, but now, commands all men everywhere to do what? Repent. That's the command. If you reject that command, well, you just heard what the Bible said, right? But now commands all men everywhere to repent, verse 31, because, 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 because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. And who is that man? Christ Jesus who died that horrific, violent, brutal death on your behalf. He laid down his life for you so that you don't face God's wrath and you're going to tell him, uh, no, thank you. Not now, maybe not ever, I get back to you. Really? Okay. So, he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man who he whom he has ordained he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead now if you think that that was all malarkey well uh, well god proved it by raising jesus from the dead you want your proof everybody wants proof even the pharisees they wanted signs and wonders to prove who jesus really was so jesus at one point he says i'm not giving you now i'm paraphrasing i think this is over there in mark like I want to say like chapter nine, either, either chapter eight or chapter nine. I'm leaning towards chapter eight, but in, wait a minute, let me see if I can get to it. Hold on a minute. Wait one second. Y'all got me, got me guessing when I can, I got the word sitting right here. You know, I don't make, I don't make no sense. Hold on. Yeah, here we go. What I told y'all. Look at that. I was wrong. Mark 7. <laughs> Mark 7. Look, it says, because it talks about how the Pharisees demand a miraculous sign. So look, verse, what's this? Verse 11 says, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him, testing him. They demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. Verse 12. When he heard this, talking about Jesus, <laughs> my Lord, I love him. Look, he says, when he heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, and said, why do these people, I love that. Why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? Listen, I tell you the truth. I will not. Give this generation any such sign. So, verse 13, so he got back into the boat and left them and he crossed to the other side of the lake. Listen, <laughs> Jesus ain't playing. Look, listen, you're always talking about show me a sign, show me a sign. Listen, I ain't showing you nothing. Amen. I ain't showing you nothing. And so he got back into the boat and went back to the other side of the lake. There you go, Lord Jesus. 
Amen. And so, right, 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 right. Verse 31, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Amen. And if you continue to uh, to reject, to ignore the command, because God has said, because he had told us, okay, to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. Again, these are not options. These are not suggestions. These are not, well, when you get finished painting your, your, your toenails, okay, can you come over here and give me some play? Now, listen, 1 Corinthians 16, 22 says, if anyone, just to amplify, this is why I'm feeling the amplified too. If anyone does not love the Lord, does not obey and respect and believe in Jesus and his message, he is to be accursed, Maranatha, which means, oh, our Lord, come. Amen. So look, listen, this is the super close. We're going to end this with Revelation 20 because I believe the spirit has said enough. We, we see now more clarity on the play that if we reject the gospel, if we reject the command to repent and believe for the kingdom of God has come, if we reject the command to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. And if we, and if we reject and do not obey God's command to believe in what Jesus has done for us, and if we reject the command to live a holy life and that we must come to Christ. Listen, this is not an option because the consequences for refusing to not obey this gospel, to not obey the call. Thank you, Holy Spirit. A call has been issued from heaven. Repent, repent, or you too shall likewise perish. Amen. So what was that? Was that Luke 13, 3? Come on. Let's come over here. I want to make sure I'm getting this right because this is for me too because I know he ain't playing. Yeah, yeah. A call to repentance, chapter 13 of Luke. Listen, it says, about this time Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think these Galileans, Galileans, were worse sinners than all of the other people from Galilee, Jesus asked. Is that what they suffered? No, is that why they suffered? Because what, because they were worse sinners than anyone else? No, Jesus is about to tell them, listen, nope, nope, they not. Because look, you're right. So Jesus asked them, is that why they suffered? Because I guess the people thought, well, those uh, Galileans, oh, they must have been some really worse sinners. And Jesus is like, what? Are they worse than, than any other people from Galilee? And he answered his own question. He says in verse 3, not at all. And you will perish too. 
<laughs> Y'all over here running to me, telling me this news of the day, how Pilate had murdered some people from, from Galilee because they were offering sacrifices at the temple, clearly sinning. So they come running to Jesus with this breaking news of the day as if because of what they were doing over there at the temple, it made them the worst of sinners. And Jesus was like, well, are there worse than any other sinner in Galilee? Absolutely not. And then he says, look, he's, oh, I love you, Lord. And he says, and not only that, you will perish too, unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. Amen. And he says, and what, and what about the 18 people who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them? Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? No. And I tell you again, unless you repent, well, then guess what? You too shall likewise perish like the ones over there in Siloam and like the ones over there in Galilee. You ain't no different if you don't repent. You too shall likewise perish. Glory be to God. So let's come over here. And this is the super close Revelation 20 because this is the final judgment. This judgment, the great white throne is going to shut everything down. Amen. Verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it, the earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. Verse 12. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne and the books. The books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as according as recorded in the books. Verse 13, the sea gave up its dead and the de and death and the grave gave up their dead and all were judged according to their deeds. Verse 14, then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. Verse 15, and anyone, the Bible says, anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life were, was thrown into the lake of fire. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Well, there we go. More clarity on the situation. To obey not the gospel is to refuse to respond to the gospel. You are in essence telling Jesus, thanks, but no thanks. I got this. I don't need you saving me from my sins. I don't need to come into the kingdom of God. I'm not going to stop sinning. I'm not going to stop this homosexual lifestyle. I'm going to continue to smoke, drink, and be married. It's going to be like the days of Noah and Lot in my house. Woe to you people. Woe to you rebellious, stiff-necked generation. You must believe this gospel. You must respond to it by saying, yes, Lord, I repent of my sins. I confess I am a sinner. Lord, I need you to save me. So that is not a prayer to pray for salvation. 
That's just my statement because there is no such thing as a sinner's prayer. You hear what Jesus have done and you believe that by faith. And you and Jesus have a conversation one-on-one, okay, about how those sins need to be confessed. You need to repent. You need to stop sinning. And you need to go forward in obedience to the Father. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Another one in the can. Lord willing. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. Thank you for your love and your compassion. Thank you. Thank you so much, Father. Until next time, Lord willing, I speak to you all soon. Repent and believe and stop sinning and turn back to God. Amen. Amen. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.